Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Silka Haas. Silka Marie Haas has been working as a therapist healer for over 25 years, realizing that many people suffer from tension, stress, and illness due to problems in their lives. She studied many self-healing and empowerment tools over the years. However, it took an extreme situation in her personal life in 2018 for these tools to come together and create a system of energetic coaching called Crazy Healing. I love that name, (laughs) which changed your life and has since enabled her to inspire more people. Welcome to the podcast, Silka. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. Yes. So just so people can get to know you and your story and this transition that happened, why don't you talk about yourself and tell us? Sure. Um, As you just said, I've always been feeling that people who came to me with pain and problems sort of not only needed repairing and fixing through the physical work I was doing, they were putting their problems into their body. And unless I gave them the tools to heal and empower themselves, they wouldn't really be able to do the change that they wanted. But it took a lot of personal experience and crazy situations in my own life to kind of put the system together. And this particular situation in 2018 is that the people that were closest to me, my partner and my daughter, were living far away, yet my work and my responsibility were bound to the place where I was living. So I had this personal conflict between wanting to be with the people I wanted to spend time with, yet being bound where I was. And I managed for a few years, like working mothers do. And uh, and then I ended up feeling totally exhausted to the point where I actually wanted to die. And that really shook me up because I'm a very, very positive person. And when that thought hit me, it was like, wow, something is really wrong here. Because outside I was functioning and nobody really noticed that I was, even myself, I was sort of betraying myself a little bit, uh, that I've been burning out and I, I didn't realize it. And that really shook me up. So I started addressing the situations in my life. And, and it was at that point that sort of the tools came together And it was a slow process. It wasn't just a sudden awakening moment. It was a process of actually putting the pieces together, really committing to myself rather than just committing to other people's expectations and realizing who I was in my essence. And of course, that connects to something that happened to me at the age of 18, where I already had an awakening experience in India where I was in that space of of total love and connection. And it was remembering that and sort of integrating it in my daily life. So so it becomes now the base of my, my daily life. And this is what I really want to transmit to people, that there is something in us that we always are, but we forget about it. And that's really my story. And that's my message to to the world. Wonderful. So if you look back to, you know, the family that you grew up with, and then you had this awakening at 18. So, you know, many of us 
even coming out of the womb, we have this thing we're looking for or wanting, or there's something missing in the family. And so that sends us on this journey because you were you you were in India. And where did you grow up? I grew up in my native Germany. And of course, yeah, the reason now I went to India because I started already looking for things at an early age. My parents divorced when I was 10. I grew up with my dad. I'm the middle child. So always a sort of problem solver of the family. And I was looking for tools that were a little bit beyond that. I was really looking for myself. Uh, but yeah, this thing about helping and making things better for the world has been with me forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so many of us, regardless of what our age are, sometimes are still looking for ourselves or we're in life and we're doing, doing, doing all these things and we kind of lose ourselves. So how do we find ourselves? How do we actually... <laughs> wake up in the morning in the beingness state as opposed to being in the doingness state all the time where we lose ourselves? Oh, I love that question. At the end of the day, it's about remembering because we don't lose it. We just forget about it. Mm. And we then start identifying with the roles as mothers, as fathers, as sisters, as brothers, as workers, as carers. And when we're in the role, it's part of our personality, but we're so much more than that. So the idea is not to deny what, what's making up our story and our experience, but to commit to just being with who we really are. I sit every day and I'm just with whatever there is. And I, you know, people call it meditation, but it's being present. And sometimes you're just present with those little voices in your head or an emotion that comes up. And this spiritual spirituality is kind of part of a, another false identity that we want to create. Yet when we're being honest and we're just sitting with what there is, our true essence really emerges from within us. And then there's the great art, and therefore coaching is really, really helpful, of bringing that knowledge into everyday life mm -hmm. and yeah, putting it into practice and really living from what I call your essence. And that's uh, an art never to be perfected. That's ongoing work in progress, but it becomes a lot more fun because I feel I have choice when I do that. When you're identified with a role, you don't have choice. Your autopilot is running you and your habits. Mm -hmm. But when you're living from your essence and you're living from a place of consciousness, then you're looking at the situation saying, okay, my normal self would react this way, but how about if I choose how to react in a different way? And then you feel you're in power. And, and that becomes just more fun. It becomes more fun. It becomes more nourishing and more authentic. And at the end of the day, other people actually respect and trust you even more for who you really are because you're not trying to be someone who you're not. Mm -hmm. I don't always like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but they just, I think the right people come into your lives and the right people leave your lives. Totally, totally. So, 
I, the people I love that, that are parents, they have a great advantage. I mean, they have less time, that's true, but they have a big why and they have their masters at home because children are so much closer to their essence. And they have that joy of being and the presence and the, the lightness. They, they have it there and then. And hopefully it should be contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And also children, uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say they're selfish, but they are self-centered as far as whatever they want, they ask for. And they ask again and again. And again, <laughs> until you absolutely know, <laughs> I mean, they know what they want and they ask for it, which yeah, is a wonderful thing. No problem asking for more. And yet we get told we're greedy when we ask for more in life. We ask to say, okay, you have a good salary, you have a job, you have a family, what more do you want? But a lot of people have that sense that they want more. Mm-hmm. And it's remembering that there is nothing wrong in asking. Then you have to learn to deal with the no. (laughs) But highest energy wins. So children are high energy. That's why they're so persistent. And if you want to have success and if you want to reach a goal, then you have to raise your energy and get out of that comfort zone so you can actually go somewhere we haven't been before. Exactly. Yeah. Children are great teachers. So um, just to change a little bit here, do you have any um, morning practices or thing you do, things you do in the morning to get yourself centered and present and ready for the day that you're willing to share? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love my morning ritual. And the one thing I do religiously, because it, it's become a habit like brushing my teeth, it, I would feel strange not doing it, is finding a moment of stillness, of presence, to being with what, what there is and looking at myself from, from just pure awareness and seeing what comes up. And I, the other thing I do, I don't like the term religious, but I do it, it's become a habit, is uh, practicing gratitude absolutely live in that sensation of being grateful for whatever and it doesn't necessarily mean just appreciating what I have which is a lot already I practice being grateful for what I dislike because if I dislike it it just means I haven't seen what it's been good for Hmm. I haven't changed the perspective Mm -hmm. if somebody had a painful uh, relationship breakup at the time, you don't feel grateful for it yet. Then if you come out feeling better at the end or you meet your new partner, then you look back at it and saying, okay, that experience I'm grateful for because I learned so much from it. So whatever I'm not feeling grateful for right now, it's something that I haven't shifted perspective yet. But I can choose to have the attitude that this is good for me for whatever reason, and be grateful for it here and now. And thereby I shift the energy and I start seeing it more as a challenge, as an adventure, as a learning experience rather than a problem, which energetically feels very heavy. That makes sense. And when you were talking about the one about relationships, you know, sometimes we don't see the whole picture. 
we don't see the whole picture. And then we leave that particular picture where we're at at that present moment. And we've moved on and we look back and go, I'm so happy that God didn't allow me to stay there. Oh, look what would have happened to me or how I would have been feeling or how I, you know, the real me would have been squished staying in that relationship. But we don't know it when we're in it. We're just thinking, oh, it's wonderful. We see all the good. Sometimes we don't see the stuff that's like hidden, ready to emerge that, but we're not, we're just not seeing the whole picture. Of course, life is a very complex thing. And sometimes we never get to see it. But see, if I'm trapped in a traffic jam, I could, you know, my mind would think, oh, this is a problem. I'm running late and make this very big. But who knows if by being in a traffic jam at that particular time, I avoided an accident mm. if I'd gone down a different route. And I'll never know, but I can trust, I have faith that somehow the general possibility system, as I call the universe, has the best way for me. And all I need to do is trust the process. Mm. And so I live my life from that attitude. And the, the other thing I do, six days out of seven, I believe in rule breakers on that one, mm -hmm. is I exercise. Because it's the energy of action that makes you then put it in your life. And I very consciously make a break on one day a week, first of all, so that I keep to the rule. Because there's things come up and there is a reason sometimes you can't be fit. And there's also a need to rest. Mm -hmm. But then you can also make up for the for the... For the one day that you didn't, if you missed it on a Wednesday, you can make it up on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And and that's really helping me because it, it reminds me of the power of the hero, the action, the doing principle, not just sitting there and thinking nice thoughts. I love that. And, and the other thing too is when it comes to like exercise. So I know personally I do CrossFit, which is pretty intense, but there are times like a few weeks ago, I had a slight injury. And so if I kept pushing and doing CrossFit, I would just further hurt myself. So I switched over for a few days, even though I was doing the CrossFit, I was doing it lighter and I did some yoga and I, you know, did some Tai Chi, you know, you do, you change what you do. you be gentle and listen to yourself. I think sometimes when we're thinking about exercise, we think, oh, I got to do it. And it's got to be this way, or I'm not committed. But I think listening to ourselves, just like you were saying, sometimes we need to rest. And sometimes the, the exercise is resting. It might be just stretching. Exactly. Exactly. I vary. Actually, every day I do a different exercise, some power, some endurance, some stretching. And our bodies don't like the same thing. We're, we, are, we need the routine in order to have a certain structure. But within that routine, we need diversity. And I actually teach people how to talk to their bodies and how they can actually sense and relate to their bodies in a different way. So then whatever they do becomes more fun. And it's interesting because I still don't like exercise. I was always like, well, why? I've been doing sports now for three years and I still have to get myself out of bed and get over that resistance. And then I said, well, that's great because every day I have a success because I'm overcoming resistance every day. And so I don't have to like it. I just do it. Mm -hmm. And then I feel better for it because that's the only criteria. 
Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about talking to our bodies. How do we do that? And what do we say? <laughs> oh, yes. So of course, this is a whole program, but I could, I could just give you people an idea, which is, first of all, they let go of any preconceived ideas that they have, because bodies are very much uh, like small children. So you sometimes like doing what you tell them, and sometimes it's much more fun not to be doing what you want to do. Because there is more, they have different needs, they work differently. So the body for me is part of the subconscious. And so there is a, there's a different language. And pain is a particular language, but this is like a pain is like your body shouting at you. And this is like your partner shouting at you. If you only listen to your partner when he or she's shouting at you, what relationship do you have? <laughs> ah, so, the, so the first thing is to stop and actually listen before the body shouts. <laughs> and or if the body's already in pain, then uh, you might have to sit still and really listen a little bit longer and be patient and not just shut up or do just enough. So you're out of pain, but actually see, okay, what's the need? Why is my body shouting at me? Does it need more movement? Does it need more relaxation? Does it need more water? Does it need more touch? Does it need more hugs? Does it need more fun? And when you start asking these questions, you get a sense because the body sort of responds in sensations of lightness and heaviness. So when you ask, body, do you like more fun? And your body relaxes, then you think, oh, okay, yes, fun feels good. <laughs> body, do you need more sex and intimacy? And your body says, oh, yes. <laughs> and, and so I, I ask questions. It's about being attentive and asking. It's like asking your, your partner, what do you need? What do you want me to do so we can be a better team? And then it becomes a different relationship. Of course, we are part of the body. Our soul is inside. And quite often, the soul is creating an issue, a physical issue, in order to call our attention. So it's not about separating mind and body, but sort of, you know, learning to understand this other language. That's a little more subtle. That's a little more not so mind-driven. And then it becomes a very, very interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, so many times we want to blame just our chemistry or our bodies or something on what's happening. But, you know, it's been proven over and over the mind body connection where, you know, our thoughts can definitely create some things happening in our body and people to get quite, quite ill. Um, you know, where people have gone through something dramatic, like a family member dying, and all of a sudden they have diabetes. I've seen that over and over where they all of a sudden have health issues that they didn't have before because of this trauma in their life. And, um, you know, there's people who they have chronic pain, you know, let's talk about those people. There's some people that let's say for, for years, they've been taking massive amounts of pain medication because they have back problems. You know, they didn't exactly. break their back, but somehow they have horrible back problems. 
how how do you work with people who have had that chronic it's almost like a i'm sure they're not choosing it but almost like a habit you know the habit of waking up and knowing when they wake up they're going to have pain in their back and this has been happening for five years or however long it's been happening how do you work with these people how where do you start with them well i don't work with each person the same so there is no you know, program as in you have to do this and this and this and that. First of all, it's appreciating that having the body is better than not having a body. Mm. And the fact that you have a body is already a privilege. And most people would prefer to have a body that's not perfect or in pain to, to die. And again, it shifts the energy because when you focus on the problem, which is the pain, uh, you identify with a problem. Whereas when you focus on all the things that you can appreciate and you can still do and which your body is allowing you to do, you shift your energy, you, you enter a different energy. And then of course, uh, the spine is very symbolic of what's holding you up, what's supporting you in your life. And so you would look at all the different support system, money, relationships, sex, you know, everything that relates to what's giving you support in your life. And then how you're supporting yourself, how you're standing up for yourself. And how much are you rigid and how much are you flexible? Mm. So quite often, good spinal health is to do with having the balance and some people are very strong but they're lacking the flexibility and some people are extremely flexible but they're lacking the strength and then you would focus on which exercises or which practices to do to do one or the other wow those distinctions are so critical aren't they totally Small, but important yeah, and it makes, uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel where I actually publish exercise. So if anybody wants to, to look up some of these exercises, they're welcome to, to look at my channel. Mm -hmm. Is it just under your name? Yeah, Silke Maria Haas. Okay, okay, great. So um, when people come to work with you, um, is it always physical pain that they're in or do they come for other reasons? Uh, fortunately, they do. Yes, I, I very much appreciate people just coming for their health and just looking for improvement. Sports people, obviously, they're interested in getting better results. Um, some people just know that looking after their body is, is part of a whole holistic health concept and integrative care. So they come and I always find things to do. As long as the body is alive, there will be blockages and there will be stuff to improve. And my, my idea of health is very much like the old Greek philosophy to if you work on time and you keep the person healthy and they get a better quality of life. And it's a bit like you, you're looking after your relationship by listening to your partner every day and doing things quality time every day. So you don't have to pay a therapist uh, for a divorce or a lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. And who wants to go through that? That's some of the biggest yeah. traumatic, painful things anyone can go through is, is a divorce. That's for sure. 
yes, <laughs> been there and done that. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to divorce from my body unless it's time. That's true. That is so true. So I'm just wondering about the rest of the story. The, the, that story where you said you were in so much pain working and living away from your daughter and your partner. So what's the rest of the story? Did you get back home? I mean, we didn't hear this, the conclusion <laughs> of the story. <laughs> well, at the time, I thought that the issue that was real, the problem, was money. So I started educating myself about money and realized that money was also a spiritual exercise because money is an energy. And by changing my energy, I could attract abundance in my life. So I, I learned about that. I was totally ignorant on that issue. I'd always traded time for money and uh, I didn't even have a concept of another possibility. Uh, yet the interest in the relationship actually, once I stepped into my power, disintegrated because the person I was with wasn't the person that was wanting to be at eye level. And so that problem solved itself, but I've become the best possible partner for myself ever since, <laughs> which uh, just means I'm happy with and without a partner. And that's, you know, solved a much bigger problem that I wasn't aware of. I was the type of person that was forever trying to fulfill expectations, fitting in and doing what was expected of me. And that's how I burnt myself out. And how do you live your life now? I just have the most wonderful life because I choose whatever I do. One of the great privileges is waking up without an alarm clock, working time against money, very few hours of the week, having plenty of spare time doing the things I love, like horse riding, dancing, socializing, and um, writing my book, doing my online project. It's become just quality of life. Beautiful. And that's what everyone wants, right? We want Absolutely. that quality of life. You know, I don't mind working. In fact, I love working, but I also love, you know, like you said, doing art or doing the things that I enjoy. And we all need that relaxing time to be able to just, you know, delve deep into what we really love doing. Exactly. And when you, when you do what you love, you don't call it work. It, a child doesn't have a problem choosing fun. They'd always choose fun. Yes, we've been told, no, it's not okay. You first have to work and then you can have fun. And sometimes the work takes up so much space that you're just exhausted and then you're missing out on the fun. That's right. That's right. So um, if people wanted to work with you, how do they find you? Well, they can find me through my website, crazyhealing.eu or write to me via info at crazyhealing.eu. I'm, I'm obviously on social media. I have a course published, 12 Steps Towards Crazy, Happy, Health and Abundance, which uh, can be purchased on my website. And I also offer group coaching alongside the course because I believe people buy courses and then they don't do them or things pop up. So I very much encourage people to get the course so they save on individual coaching sessions, but then they can have the group coaching or individual coaching if they choose to. I love to work with people on one-to-one. -one. I just 
have a very limited schedule where I can do this. So I really pick my clients that are ready to do that work. Beautiful. Thank you. So I have a personal question for you. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? Okay, let me just take a breath on that. I can honestly say it's been part of my conditioning, but I think helping for me is a great value. So one of the greatest things for me is at the end of a speech or at the end of a session, somebody comes back to me and they tell me about the changes they've had in their lives. It's really feeling that sense of meaning and knowing that it's not me, it's about the other person. Um, and that, that just gives me incredible joy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing all your insights and wisdom. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for asking me those wonderful questions. I can tell that you've personally uh, done a lot of work and growth so that you can in that space where you can transmit that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure your, your listeners know, but you radiate so much wisdom and light. It's it's amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I have one last question before we finish. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Just be you. Be you and, and find out who you are. Ask, never stop asking questions. Just be a question and ask your life, what can I change? And then you go and change it and you stop complaining about the things you can't change. Just focus that energy onto what you can change. And sometimes the impossible then becomes possible because the things that you think you couldn't change, change because you've changed the inside. Wonderful. And then either you can deal with this difficult situation and be well within the stressful situation, or sometimes because the outside world sort of conditions the inside, actually the circumstances will change. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Silka. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. And And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Mm Bye-bye.